Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. We're going to talk about exploratory dating today. What is exploratory dating? That's dating completely, totally out of your comfort zone. The person could be of a different race, different height, different size, different build, uh, different religion, different culture. It's a dynamic where you're out of a spectrum of normalcy as you would see it in dating. Now, a lot of people don't want to venture out this far. Reason being, alienation. They don't know much about the other culture, the other person. They have opinions, stereotypes, those kind of things. And so those are boundaries for them. You hear people often say, oh, I don't date people of certain race or ethnicity. When you ask them why, usually the first thing... Oh, I'm not racist, but this is why I don't. Now, most of these people are usually what is called a separatist. A separatist is a person that doesn't mind other people existing as long as they're not in their family or not associated with them in any kind of way that will bring embarrassment. This is one of the things that counters exploratory dating is this sense of embarrassment, shame and guilt. Now, of course, blame is projected onto the person that is not the norm. So, for instance, you'll see this a lot with families. They may want family members that are from a different region. So, like, for instance, they may live in Utah, but they only want people of German heritage in their family. And when they say that, they're talking about the cosmetics as well. And they want this because it gives them a sense of pride, tradition, etc., etc. Which, when we look on the surface, is really bullshit. Because you don't know, beyond a few generations, what was going on. And I know you have a lot of these uh, heritage and DNA services that provide you with possibilities. But when it comes to 100% accuracy, mm, that's debatable. And the reason being is that they can only go by what the normal characteristics are in certain regions and people based on those regions. But do they actually know? Of course not. So we go with what we find sometimes and then we live by that. I've had people tell me that they were kings, queens, princesses, all kinds of things. However, there were a few people that I've met throughout my life that were genuinely uh, in a royal lineage of families. 
There's an African-American woman that uh, I had the pleasure of knowing out of Los Angeles. I didn't know her personally, but I read up on her and found out, and indeed, she was in the lineage of a family dynasty. And she was a countess, I believe. But for the most part, a lot of people want to feel better about themselves, so they use this as a means of trying to promote their own insecurities. Now, the other thing we have to look at is that, well, promote their counter insecurities. Let me be a little bit more specific. Now, the one thing that we have to realize, too, with this is that a lot of people are looking for something to reach for to make them unique, to make them special, to make them stand out. You may see a woman that has no European features whatsoever say that she's Irish, she's German, she's Austrian, because they don't want to be lumped in with the stereotype of the negative in whichever group they're in. I'll never forget I had a friend of mine and his family was Irish. But he hated the fact he was Irish because his family, as he saw it, fit the stereotype of what many Americans would consider an Irish person at the time, especially when the immigration first started, of them being rowdy, alcoholics, that kind of thing. And he rejected that. And he wanted to identify with more of a German ancestry. Reason being, he told me that the Germanic people weren't conquered, which is true. But you have to look at it from the standpoint of he was doing that more for for security. We look at it even with African Americans or black folks, whichever you'd like to be called. They call themselves kings and queens on a casual basis where it has absolutely no meaning. It's very infantile at best. Something a kid would call themselves in a sandbox to make themselves feel better. Building themselves a castle. Now, the one reason why a lot of people are discriminated against when it comes down to preferential treatment in relationships, where those are having priority over others. Believe it or not, it also has to do with the typecast insecurities that they may project on you. I was reading one article where this Caucasian guy dated a lot of black women in high school and college against his parents' wishes. But he would never marry an African-American woman or a black woman because of the stereotype associated with them about insecurity. Her hair. The way she was perceived in social settings. So that was his out going into relationships with black women. That was his reasoning for never marrying them. These women didn't know that though. They went through relationships with him and He just churned them through. And when he got ready to marry, he married him a white woman, as his parents desired. You see this a lot with African-American men and white women. Many of the white women may 
go and date them just to see what it's like to date a black guy for the most part. But when they get serious about a relationship, okay, I'm going to put away the toy now and get with someone real, which is a white male. Statistically, that happens more often than you think, even though you see a lot of interracial couples. You'll see more interracial couples than you will see interracial married couples. You'll see them date more than you'll see them marry. And the reason for that is they go back to their comfort zone with something familiar to appease family, peer pressure, social pressures. They do this. Now, a person that's genuinely in love with someone, those things don't come up. They're down for that person. But a lot of times where the problem comes in is if the other party is not down for the marriage or the commitment. They'll go along with it until a certain point, as the gentleman did in the article, and then they drop it off. But then again, you got to ask yourselves, would you want to be in a relationship with a person with a weak spine like that? And it just doesn't have to be race, even though in America, that's the thing that people focus on the most. It could be size. A 5'3 guy with a woman is 6'9, for instance. That'd be an oddity. Everybody would look at him as if they were strange, especially if she's wearing heels. Just like they did when I was 6'1 with a woman who was 6'8 in heels. Guys would look at me, damn, bro. Women would look at me, oh, she's too tall for him. She knows better. She needs to give it a taller man or a man her height. We heard the comments. But I tell you one thing, that woman has some good loving because she didn't get the attention. She didn't get the respect. She didn't get the consideration. She turned me down because she thought that I was just joking with her. She's a very attractive woman. And boy, the things you could do with those legs, let me tell you. But the thing that I had to come to grips with was there was a hint of insecurity that she did have about her height. And that was the thing that actually drove a wedge in our relationship because she didn't have the confidence in herself to sustain a relationship with a shorter guy. And what did she wind up doing? Being by herself. Because that's what she was accustomed to. That was her comfort zone. So that she didn't have to face the ridicule. This is the reason why a lot of people don't get in relationships, especially interracial relationships or relationships where there's an age difference, a height difference, because they don't want to go through the ridicule of society, family. They don't want the fingers pointed at them. They don't want to draw the attention. So they'd rather not do it and deny themselves, in some cases, happiness with that person. And they are destined for loneliness. It's sad to say, but it's so true. The other problem that you'll face is not only a lack of confidence, but a lack of support. You know that if you start dating this person, you're going to lose friends, family members, support, that kind of thing. And that has an impact on a person. 
This is the reason why I tell people, if you're going to get in exotic relationships, then that's what these are called. Long term, you're going to have to understand the consequences. There are people that are going to treat you rudely. There are people that are going to, people that are going to treat you badly in all kinds of aspects of life. You didn't deserve it, but they feel as though their beliefs and opinion outweighs your love. So if you're in an interracial relationship, as an example, that person of your same race may say, what the hell are you doing? You couldn't find anybody in your own group? And they may look at the other person and say, why don't you get someone of your own kind? Because from their colored view of life, you fall outside of the norm and you make them feel uncomfortable. And that's where this really holds true is someone who tried an interracial relationship and it didn't work for them. Well, because it didn't work for them, they feel as though it shouldn't work for anyone else. Or if they had a bad experience in one, they feel as though no one else should have that bad experience. And so they try to be that safeguard for them. Monica and I went to a restaurant one time, and I told you this story before. And the waitress was black. Well, Monica's Sicilian. I'm African-American, black, whatever you want to call it. And the woman literally slammed the plate on the table. Didn't want to have nothing to do with us. Mad at me because I was with someone I loved. Mad at her because she wasn't black. But I wouldn't want, want to be with that waitress anyway, even if she was single and I were single at the time where I wasn't involved in a relationship because of her attitude. Because if she treated me that way with her, I could imagine if we were out somewhere and I introduced her to a friend of mine that was in an interracial relationship, it'd be the same result. The problem is with the person, not with society. This is what you have to realize. And now when you're growing up and you're conditioned to think a certain way, you believe a certain way, and you act a certain way. I knew of a lady one time that hated black men with a passion. She was Caucasian, hated us with a passion. And she was very difficult to work with. Always very condescending. Well, didn't find out until months later after we were working together. Why was she so frustrated? She had two biracial children. She had married a black man, had children with him. He left her for another white woman. So she was taking her racial frustrations out on everybody else until she got fired disrespecting people. You have some people that have those experiences and you never know when you come across them. I had another friend of mine who had been robbed by an African-American man. She was Hispanic. Didn't want to be around black people because of that bad experience she had. One day I sat her down in the break room and I said, 
And she was going off on her tirade about how she doesn't like black men and all this stuff. And I just told her one evening, I said, got a question for you. She said, what's that? I said, have I ever pulled a gun on you? No. Have I ever assaulted you? No. Have I ever came to you in any kind of inappropriate way? No. I said, you're traumatized by the experience you had, and therefore you need therapy more than you need to go and try to demean and degrade others. That's a problem that you have with that gentleman. And she's like, well, you know, statistically, you men are violent, et cetera, et cetera. I said, let me tell you something. Statistically, guess what happened to me? I got robbed by a black man. Except for one thing. He had no idea how bad I was going to fight for my last paycheck that I was depositing in the ATM. He had no idea how mad I was that day because I'd got let go of the company. The company had laid everybody off. I took my frustrations out on that man that day. I didn't give a damn he had a gun or not. It didn't matter to me. I was angry. I was willing to get shot that day just to get that anger out of my system. We'd all been let go unjustly. The company had not been fair and honest with us up front about their intentions. And out of all those white people that were in line, I was the only black person in line. And he was the only black man standing there by the ATM. Didn't mess with any of the other wealthier white folks that came in there, cashed their checks, deposited, and so forth. He waited for me because he could better identify. And after I told her that, she started to realize that I could be a victim just like she was. And that was the very thing that she epitomized that she disliked by the same type of predator. Funny how that works, isn't it, folks? Look, when it comes down to stereotypes, we use them as a form of comfort for us to alienate us from something that we perceive as bad. And the bad perception that we have can be based on a difference, can be based on not being familiar, foreign. So by doing that, we dehumanize. And with that level of dehumanization, we feel better. Something is less than us. Something is beneath us. Something is out of our way. We don't have to think about it. Out of sight, out of mind. We'll talk more in just a moment. Now, one of the common um, things I get is why are guys lying about being attracted to fat women? And a lot of you ladies have written in about this particular question, and the answer is simple. Men will go and act like they don't like fat women around other men. Because, of course, it's a you know, dick measuring contest among us. Oh, I never date a fat chick. You hear guys say that all the time. You know, I got a friend of mine. Um, 
that uh, introduced me to a nightclub one time. And it was in Seal Beach, California. I think they're in Whittier, Seal Beach, and around. And it's called Club Bounce. And Lisa Marie, if you're still running it, this is a shout out to you and your club. Keep up the good work. Now, here's the thing. These were women that were large. And believe it or not, the place was full of men looking for these women. Because a lot of men are heaped in reality. They know that most of the country's obese. That means that you're going to have obese women. And that also means that those are your choices. The reason why guys like to say that they're not into fat chicks is to make them feel better among other male peers. I don't have to stoop to a fat chick. Even though these women are smart, a lot of these women will go to nightclubs. I remember seeing it back in the day. The larger women would show up at around 12 o'clock at night because they knew they had to pick a choice when it came down to who they wanted for the evening. See, all of the younger women, especially when it was like ladies' night, all the younger, skinnier, more petite women, oh, they would play the games and get scooped up and they would diss some of the handsome guys. Well, these guys hung around because they knew the larger women were going to come in later. And guess what? These women actually were empowered because they had the choice of the men there at the bar. It was later in the night. They didn't have to go through a lot of back and forth with the guys. They could go and choose who they wanted. Now, in many stereotypical circles, you would think, oh, well, you know, the fat chick's only going to get the leftovers. Nope. Sometimes the fat women wound up with the prime rib. And the girls with the attitudes wound up with the leftovers. Too good for this guy, too good for that guy. Now, question I get a lot also, especially from Amy out of Nebraska. She writes the following. I'm just kind of curious. I'm appalled, and I'm wondering why all these black guys are attracted to me. I'm not racist. I would date one of them, but I'm thinking that it's more of a fetish. Am I wrong about this? Amy, Lincoln, Nebraska. Amy, you're not wrong. It's part fetish, but here's the other thing. There are a large number of black men that get rejected by black women. Therefore, they may feel disenfranchised. They may feel unwanted by the group. Just like there are Caucasian women that are overweight, then the guys don't want to have nothing to do with them, call them fat pigs or whatever. Well, there's a nexus between the black man who was rejected and a larger white woman was rejected. It's not uncommon to see a skinny black man with those, you know, a heavier black, a white woman. The nexus is they've both been rejected and they both understand the pain and they both can work together to be with each other. And believe it or not, that bond is actually stronger than most regular relationships. Because Now, he has to worry about protecting her from the criticism of her weight and her race. She has to protect him from the criticism of his race and his social stigma. And they work together in order to protect each other. 
and it's how to bond actually seals. Now, with exploratory dating, there's a lot of exploitation as well, where people just want to see what it's like to be with someone. Like the guy down in uh, uh, Arizona that wanted a Latin woman, and she wrote in, Marie wrote in, about how he's, his fantasy was for her to eat a taco while they're having sex. It was insulting, and she felt really hurt by that. And the way he spoke to his friends about Latin people. And what I tried to tell her was that he was more infatuated with a stereotype than a woman. You were an object to him. And this is what you have to realize sometimes, that there are people be there to objectify you. Now, if it's mutually exploitive, where you guys are doing it just to see what it's like to be with each other, all right, you're on your own, you adults, do your thing. But the problem is if one falls in love with the other and the other one's not so interested, they were just looking at him as a fantasy or fetish fulfillment, then that's problematic. You see this all down the gamut, not just between races, but also between genders. Man may want to be with another man just to see what it's like. Another man may fall in love with him. And he's like, oh no, I'm married, I got kids. Or it could be a situation where the woman just wants to dip in the lady pool to see what it's like to be with another woman. And then finds out she's falling in love with the woman. And the other woman like, no, I'm maybe gay, but I'm maybe a lesbian, but I'm not really ready to go in that direction with you because you got a family and stuff. So, it varies. There are some people who may be gay or trans or maybe lesbian, and they want to see what it's like to be with a married person. And they may do that just for that experience. I see people like to put notches on their belt because these kind of things make them feel as though they've accomplished something. And they'll have the bragging rights. Oh, I've been there, done that. You know, what used to crack me up when I would meet women, especially Caucasian women, they would tell me the first thing out of their mouths about how many black men they've dated. Oh, you know, I used to date this guy in high school. He was black. In other words, they're saying, let me put down the card to let you know that I'm not a racist. You don't have to do that. You don't have to telegraph where you're going. Whatever experience you had in the past, that's your experience. And then you'll have some that will only date people of certain races and act as if they're an expert. That's what cracks me up. Yeah, well, you know, you need to uh, put your head in locks. No, I don't. I like locks. Well, that's your fantasy. Find your black man that likes locks and go for it. But see, they have a false sense of empowerment, too. Because they think that just because they like something that you're going to comport yourself to somebody that you're not that they would like. We don't have to. If you look at many of the women that a lot of these white males marry when it comes to black women and the racial marriages, a lot of the black women are using their natural hair. They use a modest amount of makeup but they're not, you know, all this weave shit and everything. They're not wearing all that. Speaking proper English, 
And as I told you before, I had a female friend in Los Angeles. She used to tell me, I don't date black men. She says, and if I would date one, he doesn't get the same treatment as a white man would ever get. And she would definitely exemplify that. She'd cuss in front of a black man like it was nothing. Cuss him out, talk about him, that kind of thing. White man? Oh, no. Queen's English. Pampering him. Stroking his hair. And she's always telling me. She said, here's the distinction. She said, with black men, I would have complaints. With white men, I have compliments. That was the distinguishing factor. And this is how she wrote. Now, I wasn't offended by her because that was the way she looked at life. I didn't live her experience. She only lived her own, so she knew what she was dealing with. People ask me, well, why, why are you still with her friend? Because I, I would have found that offensive. Well, here's the problem. When you're easily offended, you're easier manipulated. I wasn't going to allow that to happen. Now, other things we have to face. I'll tell you what, let's take a break. We'll talk about them in a minute. So I thought y'all might enjoy this one. A while back, I was sitting in a truck stop restaurant. You know, and a couple drivers just bullshitting, talking back and forth. And this one driver, just out of the blue, decided to say, you know, I like driving from north to south because I always save fuel. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, nope, no, no, I don't want to hear whatever ignorant shit he's going to say to back this up. So I'm just going to be quiet. Sure enough, some idiot was like, what are you talking about? This driver commenced to tell us that if you ever look at a globe, anytime you go from north to south, you're going downhill. So that's how he's saving fuel. At that point, a little bit of blood kind of trickled out of my nose because my, my brain just couldn't handle that level of dumb. Uh, and, you know, some other driver spoke up and he's like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And I'm thinking, oh, thank God, you know, somebody else said it for me. And sure as shit, he looks over and says, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. We all know the earth is flat. At that point, my, my brain just pretty much went on vacation. I... I Now, usually exploratory dating has its merit based on something that's different from the other person they're dating. And that's what is the attraction. Opposites attract, as we know. So now let's think about it for a moment. It could very well be a younger person with an older person. December-May relationship. Now, December-May means the woman is older, the man is younger. May, December, the man is older and the woman is younger. Now, let us think about this for a moment. There are obvious that there will be obstacles. The one biggest challenge in these types of relationships is the seriousness of individuals participating in it, first of all, as in any of exploratory relationships. The second thing 
that's challenging. The obvious obstacle you have in interracial relationships, the obstacle, of course, is social acceptance. When it comes down to an age gap, you have to deal with not only social acceptance, but also how you two are going to get along. And what does this mean in context? There'll be a generational gap. How are you going to close it? In an interracial relationship, there'll be a cultural gap. How are you going to close it? If you're dealing with a fat person and you're skinny, there may be an emotional gap based on insecurity. How are you going to close it? In each of these particular situations, there's going to be some sort of gap there. And it's all going to be based on insecurity, social perception. And so you're going to have to be a little bit tougher than the average person in most conventional relationships. And the reason being is that society is going to throw everything at you possible. You're going to lose friends in these relationships if you sustain them. Now, what you would usually have with exploratory relationships, people don't want to commit. They don't want to overly commit. They just want to experiment. So one night stands are common in these situations. Booty calls, hookups. They're not looking for something permanent. They don't want the social responsibility of explaining their actions with you to anyone else but themselves. Some will try to sustain them on a discreet level. They want to be with you intimately, but they don't want anyone else to know about it. That gets old very quickly. So you have these things to deal with. Now, with December, May, for instance, the biggest problem is going to be the age gap. The other problem is that the woman who's older has to measure how long she plans on being in this relationship. And she needs to establish this with super clarity with the partner that she's with. Because even though he may want to be with her for the rest of her life, well, if she's 60 and he's 40, he knows in 20 years she'll be 80. And it may be a little bit more difficult for him to be aroused by her. And it may be difficult for her to see him as someone she can love in that sense, because she may not be physically able to provide his sexual needs. Now, of course, that doesn't apply to all women. There are some women that are still boning in their 90s, but no problem. So that all depends. But these are things to consider. Most women get in December-May relationships, usually wanted for a short period of time. This is the reason why I tell you guys not to fall in love with these women so quickly. If they're in their 40s coming out of divorce, they may want some young dick just to feel relevant again and to get back out there in the world because, after all, many of them have been in relationships through their prime years in their 20s, and they want to get that recognition for that time that they had wasted. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is this. After she's gotten over that, she's probably going to get over you and may look for someone who's more age-appropriate, someone who may be in the same age range or a little bit older. Usually women prefer men that are five years older than they are 
are five years younger. No other exceptions. Now, there are exceptions, though. But usually this is the rule of thumb for most women. The reason being, with women, they're ostracized more for being with a younger man because they're robbing the cradle. And the other reason being that they may come into conflict with the young man's mother, who's going to be within her age range in some way or close to it. And she's got that peer pressure to say, how dare you take advantage of my son? But see, she's looking at him as a boy, as her kid. No matter how he tries to pump his chest up and say, well, mom, I'm a man. She said, no, you're my son. Sit your ass down. I'm talking to this woman about her taking advantage of my son. It would be the equivalent of the older woman being perceived as a pedophile going after a young man, even though he's grown. Mothers are very protective about their sons. So when it comes down to something like this, that older woman, usually if she's smart, she's not going to put up a fight over him. Because she may belittle him by saying, you're a mama's boy, that kind of thing. Fellas, here's the thing I will tell you. If your mother has that much influence in your life, guess what? You don't need to be in that game. You need to pull yourself away. Because that older woman will never respect you. She will never be able to love you fully. Because she will always have in the back of her mind, he can always run to mommy at any time. Now, she may go and give you some pussy, but that's just to sample you for herself. But for the most part, she's not going to let her heart get anywhere close to you. She'll let you have some vagina maybe once or twice, but that'd be about it. Because once she sees what she's up against with your mom, she may not even do that. She just might walk away and say, hey, you know what? Now, there's another level of security that you got to look at. The woman that you're with, her children, if they're adult children your age, that's going to be friction. So you have to think about that as well. Now, as a younger man, I always tell you, you have a cutoff age. Usually it's 45 to 48 to save you a lot of headache and trouble. The reason being is that nine times out of 10, when she gets to her 50s, she's going to want something a little bit more sustainable. The last thing she wants to do is to reach back and be dealing with a younger man because it's going to make her look bad and it's going to make her feel old at 50 and you 35 or 40. Because the thing is, at this point, the gap is too wide and you can still go down line to a 20-year-old, which is almost half her age. She can't compete. So you're going to deal with things such as insecurity, inferiority complex, aging. She's going to be worried about ageism. Because a lot of guys, to get out of these kind of relationships, they'll tell them, you know what, you too old, you need to go sit your ass down. That's devastating to an older woman who's coming out of bad marriage and finally got herself where she started to feel good about herself again. That sets her back. This is the reason why a lot of older women don't get with younger men, because of that. Now... It's a good possibility she might want to be one of these church ladies that's talking about how fast these women are and how they need to go sit their asses down and quit wearing all this revealing clothes. The very thing they used to do. 
they're criticizing them because they can't do it anymore. But these are the very women that will fuck any young man that will give them the time of day in one of those churches. I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. So, what does this come down to? It comes down to a situation where you got to make the right decision for you and understand the decision you make. If you get with an older woman that's 20 years your senior, you're taking a big risk. You got to consider she may start getting ill later on. You're going to have to start taking care of her. And the reason why I tell guys to really watch this is because, ladies, let me tell you something. When you start looking more like his aunt or his mother or his grandmother, not just in physical appearance, but in the way you behave, he's going to pull back. As younger women do when they get with an older man and he starts really acting old, really not able to do shit. That's when she starts saying, well, you know, wait a minute now. Um, I don't know. Maybe I got to rethink this. Because she knows her options are still available. This is one of the reasons why these younger women, when they're with older men, are willing to break relationships off in their 20s. Because they know they're still marketable there. They could have the benefit of being with an older man who's going to spend a lot of money on them and a lot of time with them. And yet, they could break it off, get with another guy, and they could just cartwheel their way through their 20s with a pretty good lifestyle for the most part. You know, when you go to places like Monte Carlo and you see some of these discarded wives and girlfriends of billionaires and millionaires, these women are rather young, 35, 45 years of age. And they know they probably won't be able to attract a wealthier man that they just got dumped by, but they can always go down line to a younger man. With still having the option, if they so desire to get with an older guy that's out of their peer group in order to sustain the lifestyle or have a better one. But it depends on the woman as to where she would like to go with that. But there are a lot of women that have this false sense of being with a younger man. You have to have a cap on when you need to get out of that shit. Seriously. Just like younger men dating older women, fellas, you have to have a cap. After a certain age, you got to start going younger. Because I'm telling you, it's going to get to a point where you're going to start looking at her and she's going to look like grandma and auntie and not your woman. And you'll start to realize that. It's no shame or shade on the woman because aging is something we all do, men and women. But the thing is, is that she can no longer use her sensuality, sexuality in order to keep the man. That fades over time. She's not wearing them damn stilettos because her back hurt. She's not going to sit out there and wear a mini skirt. She may want to wear panties because she's tired of her vagina always freezing during the winter months. So she's going to more than likely start taking on the habits that she's comfortable with. Wearing a duster. Wearing a muumu. Those kind of things. because that's her I tell you all the time fellas women go for comfort first as they age 
these young girls walking around in these high heels, and then they get older and they got bunions on their feet and shit. The thing you have to understand is that was the show me years. When they get older, they're not wearing all of that. They're not trying to attract a man on a physical basis as much. They want to look nice, but now they're looking for substance in a man. You know, like the young lady that was on that uh, video talking about, that she was reading about, that was 21 years old. Now, all of a sudden, she's getting serious at 21. But you got to remember, what what did she do? She acted on the way she felt at a younger age. So now she's trying to jump into maturity at 21 to find a man that's going to take her on with twins in her belly and three kids already here. It's going to be very hard to do. But she doesn't see it as a problem because she's still searching for the man that's going to sit there and comport himself to her demands. She's not going to ever find him. She's going to find more dick, dick after that, dick after that, dick after that. That's what's going to happen. Because what what hasn't she learned? She hasn't learned to comport the way she is. Not what she expects of other men. She's the problem, not the other men. This is what you'll realize with many dating situations. The reason why many of you are alone. Some of you need to look introspectively at you being the problem. We don't want to do that because it's too easy to blame somebody else. It's too easy to say, oh, there are no good people out there. As I told you, it's like a woman going past a shopping mall. She really doesn't feel like going in there and being in the hassle, worry about parking. I don't feel like going in there, ain't got nothing. And then she goes to a boutique thinking that she's gonna find something because it's convenient for her to park, easier for her to get in and out. And she goes in there and she sees there's not that much of a selection. And then what does she say? Oh, well, I guess I'll go to the mall. It's just like people who do dating sites. Same thing. The mall's the same. Whether you show up or not doesn't matter. Whether you want to participate doesn't matter. But making a grand assumption on something you haven't investigated, what are you doing? You're responding out of emotions, which is what? Ignorance. And that's what you have to look at. Now, other elements, other things you'll have to contend with in these exploratory relationships. Never to get emotionally involved with the person you're with if you know that it's exploratory. When that person says, well, you know, I thought we'd date because I never dated a black man before. I never dated a white woman before. I never dated a white man before. I never dated a black woman before. I never dated a Latin woman before. I never dated a Latin man before. Whatever the combination is that they may say to be with you, at that point, you need to chalk that up to experimentation if you're going to go forward with it. You don't get emotionally vested. Objectification is what's going to more than likely happen. Now, a lot of these people talk about the Meet Me apps. Now, 
For those of you ladies who don't understand clearly why guys send dick pics, I talked to a guy in one of the chats about that, one of, not chats, but forums about that. And the reason why he said he does it because he uses a lot of Meet Me apps, Snapchat apps, that kind of thing to meet women. And these women are all about sex. So what he does, he sends them a picture of his junk. They send them a picture of their bodies. In some cases, they may quote a price. Others, they don't. And then they'll put the location. They meet, they have sex, and that's it. The problem is, people who get into that habit, they take it from that type of environment and think that it applies to everybody. And they try to use it that way. And that's why they get in trouble. In other words, Snapchat now has taken the place of Yahoo Messenger then. Yahoo Messenger used to be where people would go and basically that's that was the place where people would go and do their all their little sexual things. Well before all of these other platforms came out. But now you have more technology, you have more platforms to choose from. And Yahoo now is for those older folks. Younger generation is using this. And this is the way these things go. And even though we may not like the way they are, that's the way they are. More in a moment. So I always see people post Tinder profiles of men online. But let's look at this woman. She's 21. She's a sandwich maker, whatever that means. She says, where should I start? Well, let's just say I am finally tired. I give up on the fact decent monogamous relationships exist in today's times. Tired of men acting like dogs and pigs, I am trying to get in shape and getting my life together. I like being in control, so only decent men need to apply. Also, I have three kids and twins on the way. Serious guys only. No hookups or asking for nudes. I am a fun-loving woman. Patient, calm, and honesty is key. Bonus points if you are six foot and in good shape. Now everyone's entitled to want whatever it is that they want. But how you gonna get your ass online with three kids and two on the way? That's a total of five kids at the age of 21 looking for a serious guy on Tinder. You don't even have time for anything serious. But this is exactly why I tell people to stay away from dating sites. Either they're unhealed, unhinged, bored, already taken, or insecure. Everybody on there is looking for a quick fix. And most of them don't need to be dating anyway. Leave your respectful thoughts and opinions in the comment section. Peace. Well, I got to go in on this. There's no personal criticism to the lady that did the video. She did the best she could. I run across 
the issue that she's talking about all the time with many of you who write in. There are no good people out there. Stay away from online dating, et cetera, et cetera. That's the worst piece of advice you can spread with anyone. What you're doing is spreading a negative opinion. People will distance themselves from pessimistic people quickly. It's just like bug repellent. If you ever want to isolate yourselves, take on the attitude of this lady at the end of this video. Here's what you have to do when it comes to dating online. You got to have a sense of self first. You got to know what you're looking for. You got to know what you're bringing. The four category of questions I always tell you about. Who am I? What is my purpose? What are my strengths and weaknesses? And what are my intentions? Those are the four fundamental categories you have to be able to answer. And when I say, what am I? Who am I? Everything about you that does not involve anything that you have to spend money on. A lot of people can't do that because they build their whole personality around material things. If that's you, you ain't shit. You have absolutely nothing to offer anyone. The only thing you have to offer a person is an identity crisis that you need to fix before you start dating. Purpose. You should have some sort of drive, some sort of ambition as to where you're going in life for a reason that's based on something other than monetary gain. If it's only based on money, Again, you're only dealing with a superficial premise. If it's only based on attracting women, you're dealing with a superficial premise. The next thing, strengths and weaknesses. Would you ever be comfortable enough to trust someone with your weaknesses? You trust everybody with your strength. And sometimes you overdo it, especially you narcissists that go out there and exaggerate yourselves to be greater than you are. But let's talk about your vulnerabilities. Do you share them with anyone but yourself? The next thing we have to look at. Our intentions. What are our future goals? Do we have a plan for the future? Are we just winging it? We're living in the moment. So if you look back at it, this is how you can actually filter out a lot of people. They don't have any self-direction. They don't have any reasoning as to why they're here. They don't have a sense of self-awareness. And they don't have a plan for themselves for the future. You could read through most of the ads on dating sites and that would eliminate and filter out the majority of people that will give you problems. which leaves a smaller number of folks to go through. Now, this young lady's probably gotten frustrated over time because she went on, went through the whole process of trying to get to know the guy and everything. And then, oh, well, you know, they're emotionally insecure, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to have emotionally insecure people, not just on dating sites, but in life in general. So <laughs> you're not really doing anything to prevent that. What you're doing is trying to badmouth dating sites. Well, dating sites is just a reflection of society. 
these people were going to be insecure whether they were on a dating site or not. What do you want to do? Have the luxury of going and meeting every individual that comes along and then find out, oh, this person's insecure. Because the person, she's more than likely overwhelmed by the number of men appealing to her that are not up to par. But she's young. As I told you, the majority of people on dating apps are emotionally unavailable. Doesn't mean that they're bad people. It means that they may not be in a state of mind to date at the present moment. Some people are looking for relationships, others are not. Some of them are looking for therapy, some of them are looking for different things. But it doesn't stop on dating apps. Dating apps is just more accessibility to a larger problem that you face every day and don't realize. If you talk to somebody long enough, guess what would happen? They would be the same people you see on those dating apps. It doesn't go away just because it's out of the virtual world. The only difference is you can kind of see their flaws more clearly in the virtual world than you can in person. Well, we love to go and be a detective, don't we? Think it we know when we don't know shit. It makes us feel better because we kind of feel like we're in control. Don't worry, folks. I'm going to talk about the lady she talked about in a second. But what I'm getting at is she's venting her frustrations in an indirect way. As I've always said, dating apps are not the problem. It's the people that are on them. Just like you have problems with people in church, at work, in school. There's no governor to stop that from happening anywhere else. It happens no matter where you are. As long as there's another human being, they're going to have a different opinion, a different belief. Krista writes the following to me. I've listened to some of the stuff you talk about. I have my disagreements. And no matter what you say, I believe COVID was made in a laboratory. You can't convince me otherwise. I may not be scientific, but it's just something I believe. And for that reason, the advice you gave me about the guy who wants to go out with me, but he won't go out with me because I haven't gotten my vaccination. I think that he's discriminating. And I don't think that is a good thing that you're talking about with this particular subject matter. My opinion only, Krista, Las Vegas, Nevada. This woman has written me four times about the same subject. Krista doesn't know anything about biology, science, chemistry, or anything of that nature. But one thing I did learn in biology class back in high school, I learned the difference between a virus and a bacterial infection. And I do know that a virus can lay dormant. And I do know that it's virtually impossible to come up with a virus in a lab. Because there are certain components that we as human beings cannot develop yet. 
Now, a couple of other things here. Viruses can also mutate. And what happens when people can't understand or explain something? What do they do? They fall back on conspiracy theories, unfounded beliefs to make themselves feel comfortable. Krista, that guy is not going to go out with you no matter how many times you write me, no matter how many times you probably send him the link to this podcast. He doesn't want you because you're not vaccinated. And he's right in the sense of not taking a risk on you because he doesn't want to get sick. In the event you get sick, you may die. He may just be sick. That's what you have to realize. He could probably get infected with COVID because of you. But being that no matter how strong your immune system is, you don't know what that virus will do to you when it's in your body. You're not superwoman. You can think all the shit you want. I remember when the AIDS virus was really rampant in Los Angeles. There were people telling me shit like, oh, man, I drink my liquor. I'll never get that shit. All kind of dumb shit. And I watched these people die off. Because what do we don't, what don't we do in America? Stress and respect education. Look at our teachers. Look at Florida. All those teachers are quitting. And then we look at a country like Finland, where a teacher's on the same level as a doctor or a lawyer. Because they respect education. You know the Linux operating system. Some of you programmers know about it. Unix, which is a derivative of it. Linux was created by a person. Toval, I think his name was. Over in Finland. He did it as a class project. That wound up being an operating system that people can use. And they use it today. PHP software, you know, what Facebook is primarily consistent of. Where did it start? A guy in the UK was trying to expedite a way of sending his resumes out to different organizations. Something that simple. In both of those countries, guess what they stress? Education. Knowledge. Innovation. The problem here in the United States is that a good percentage of our population is mediocre when it comes to education. And there's a reason for that. They want you to become consumers. So they've taken out the intellectual aspect of programming and developing software, and they dummied it down just like they've done everything else to make it cheaper for companies to exploit that opportunity to use it. You look at what they're doing with the airline pilots now, telling them now, hey, we'll take you off the street damn near and put you through training and put you in the cockpit of a plane. And professionals who know better are saying, wait a minute, we've done it with the medical professions. We've taken all the doctors out with the long coats that were teachers in the profession and replaced them with these short coat PAs. And people are going on TikTok representing themselves as doctors when they're physician's assistants. 
and they put the stethoscope around their neck and they put on scrubs, trying to act as if they're doctors. Seen plenty of them do it. You have some legitimate doctors that are out there that are doing it, but you also have some people that are stepping out of their boundaries. Just like the one guy that was up there talking about, he was giving all this legal advice. Come to find out, he was just a paralegal. He had never gone to law school. People talking about their nutritionists and herbalists and all this bullshit. As I told you before, and I always tell you at the end of this show, I have a disclaimer, and I also refer you to professionals in the areas where you need to seek help that are certified or licensed in your region. I tell you that for a reason, to get the proper assistance you will need. If you need psychiatric care, if you need to deal with a therapist, those kind of things. Instead of going around trying to go on a cheat and get involved in some bullshit scheme. Because those people are out for likes, they're out for follows, they're out for all of this other shit. My goal is to provide you with the tools so that you are your own leader. I'm not here to lead you in any direction. It's up to you to lead yourselves. I'm throwing the responsibility in your lap. Plain and simple. Now, Krista wrote me as she had written me before because she has more of a political view about this. I don't want the government telling me what to do with vaccination. All well and good. Don't bitch and complain if you happen to wind up on a respirator. Because it's too late then to get any kind of vaccination. That's just the way it goes. Your politics is not going to be in the grave with you. Donald Trump is not going to be on your side while you're dead. He's not going to come to your funeral or not even acknowledge that you existed. Because, see, what we are doing, we're living in the moment. A lot of people are. Short-sighted. Hell, I was that way. Thought I'd be dead at 35. Why? Because statistically, in the areas I lived in, there was a good possibility I would be killed. And I lived in some pretty decent neighborhoods, but because I was black, I thought that. But I had to come out of that mindset and start looking at the people that were around me. And by changing that, that increased my odds where it would more work out in my favor. You know, it's mighty funny. There's some people that will say, well, I don't believe in going to the doctor. I don't believe in going to the hospital. But they will believe in going to a slot machine right here in town and throw away their life savings in the hopes of becoming rich. Since I've been here in Vegas, I think the most I've heard of anyone winning was about $250,000. 
outside of that? Nah. They go out and get those payday loans, put themselves in the hole, try to find somebody from out of state that doesn't really know about the game in Vegas, get them in a relationship, have them come out here and be a mule. Take care of all the overhead while they still go and take every dime they get to go to the casino and blow it. Now, let's start on old girl. She has three kids and she's pregnant with twins. 21 years old. Working as a sandwich maker. Making a demand of being with a man about six feet tall and healthy. The art of wishful thinking. She's already fucked her life up by 21. Not at 21, by 21. She doesn't see it yet. She doesn't realize that she is in no position to make demands on anything. Talking about she's looking for a serious relationship at 21 with all those liabilities. No man in his right mind is going to respect her in that regard because she doesn't respect herself. So what's going to happen? She's going to get dick, dick, and more dick, and even more dick after that. Because that's all she's going to wind up with. She'll never find wind up with love, caring, unless she gets an insecure man who wants to feel like He's a man because he has a woman who has children. And more than likely, what is he going to be? Younger, probably a teenager, 17, 18. Insecure. If she gets with an older man, he's going to tell her to get rid of them damn kids. Send them to the daddy. Put them up for adoption. Send them to foster care. And yet, This is someone that didn't respect herself in all those younger years, and now she's demanding respect. This is the equivalent of her giving up the pussy before they get married, and then a week before they get married, she'll say something like, well, what I'd like to do is to start out as if we are a new couple and not have sex until we get married. He's going to look at her and say, you're out of your damn mind. But what she fails to realize is that men are going to look at her and say, well, why do now I have to be respectful and clean myself up after all these other guys have nutted in you all this time before? Why now I got to wear a condom? Why, why do I now have to go and take on this responsibility? Not to mention, this man is not going to deal with the baby daddies that are involved. She's already isolated herself voluntarily based on her insecurity and her feelings. She probably has abandonment issues. Very few women who don't are not going to let a guy just go and squirt in them all those times and let them walk away without some sort of equity in a relationship. 
You ladies know what I'm talking about. You know you make it hard for men to get some pussy. Because you want to make sure you got the right man. You're not going to sit up there and open your legs up to any dude that comes along. You know better. But the problem fundamentally is this is her life. This is the way she's going to live it. And she can make all the demands she wants. And the only thing she's going to do is wind up being one of these frustrated women with a whole bunch of kids that's eventually going to have men as her adversary. Because as she sees it, she's a victim of what men have done to her. Instead of looking at herself as being victimized by her own self by not knowing who she was in the first place before she allowed herself to get to that point. All anger is self-directed. We just externalize it to feel better. More in a moment, folks. Now, with exploratory dating, another thing I want you to keep in mind. If you're found out in these kind of relationships, no matter what the differences are between you, expect the other party that is not the uh, novelty to distance themselves from you immediately, disown you. They will. Because, see, they have reputations to uphold, those kind of things, so they're only with you just because this is clandestine, it's intriguing, it's taboo. And there are many reasons why people get into these relationships. To prove a point to parents, for instance, if they have racist parents, they may want to go out and prove to their parents that they're not racist by going and being with someone else. That person's used more as a prop than they are as a lover. It may be a situation where the person Parents may be against somebody that's gay. So the daughter may want to go out and get a girlfriend just to prove a political point to the parents. Even though they're not really committed to the lifestyle, they're committed to the symbolism. And this is the way they will use people in order to be heard, in order to express their view. Now, other things that happen... A lot of times these people will go and when they meet someone new, they will tell them what they've experienced. And they use this as a filter to see whether or not that person would be tolerant. I remember meeting a lady, she was 63 years old. And at the time I was 54, 55. And she told me she was bisexual. I thought that was kind of odd based on her age range. And yes, I was stereotyping her because usually most people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, they're not openly saying things like that. Well, she said this. Why did she say it? Because it was a marketing tool for her. Yes, she had slept with women in the past, in her teenage years, in her 20s, fooling around. But she never had a full-blown relationship with another woman. But what she was trying to do is make herself more marketable. A lot of women are doing this, especially younger women, in order to get ahead of the curb of the other women. 
men like bisexual women. They do. Most men do. Especially, believe it or not, a lot of men, like myself, like lesbians. Lesbians are cool people. They wear comfortable shoes. But the main reason why is because a lot of the friends that I had, female friends, were lesbians. Were they devout? Were they hated men and wouldn't have sex with men? Nope. But that was a preference they had. Didn't have a problem with them. Didn't have to worry about them converting me. Didn't have to worry about them telling me all kinds of crazy shit about how bad men were. Didn't have none of that problem. All the angst I got when I got when it came down to the male hatred came from women who were frustrated. They couldn't find a man. Not the one they wanted. Because see, when they look for a man, sometimes they look for a man like they're shopping for clothes. Men look for women like we're shopping for blue jeans. We look for brand, fit, and price. That's all we look for. We don't look for what goes with what boots, what goes with what top. We don't look at all that crap. We get something generic that will fit. Ladies look for the perfect fit, the perfect color arrangement, that kind of thing. And I looked at one stat and it proved that women are 75% more sensitive when it comes to color than men. When it comes down to coordinating clothes and fashion. Now, with that, what does this mean? Women pay a lot more attention to detail for what they want. They're not just settling. But see, after a woman's been through a few bad relationships, or even one tough one, what they look for then is they're looking for emotional stability. They're looking for peace of mind, just like most people. And guess what they stop doing? Not looking for the quantity of the man, but the quality. They put aside all the materialistic crap, and they're looking at what the man has to offer. I'm talking about him, not what he owns or what he has. And a lot of men are actually marking time waiting to find a woman that gets to that point. But you have some women that go from still going for the quantity. They, they break that relationship up or it breaks up and they still continue to go for that quantity well into their older ages because that's the driver for them, materialism. This is the reason why, ladies, men lie to you so much because they already know what you're after. So they lie to you about it in order to make you want them even more. A lot of you ladies do it with sex. Fellas, have you ever been with a woman who bragged about how good she was in bed and you slept with her? And you sat there and said, what the fuck? I want to go and play football now. Because it wasn't there for you. I remember I was with this one lady. She was telling me about that. And I just knew I was going to tear this shit up. And hmm, it was a non-event. I got up there, put my clothes on. I was like, I've been bullshitted again. Put my clothes on. I was mad as hell. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. 
lying up my ass. I was mad as hell that time. Well, you know, after we had sex, uh, I don't know why you didn't want to contact me anymore. I think your typical man just using me for sex. And then I told her, I said, no. I said, let me tell you something. Don't ever brag about your pussy again. What do you mean? I, I, I did a good job. Really? Lady. You have the equipment, you just don't know how to use it. Some of you guys may have that and be told by a woman that same thing. Yeah, he has a big dick, too bad he didn't know how to use it. Doesn't mean that you did anything was wrong with your dick. That means that you didn't listen to her and the use of it. Just like she didn't listen to me when we were having sex. What she wanted to do, just jump on me and start humping. Oh, baby, is it good? Is it good? Is it good? And I'm like, slow down. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. then she jumps off. Oh, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? No. He's like, what the fuck that was supposed to be anyway? She couldn't understand. Not listening is one of your biggest detriments. And I would tell you men, the women that would come up to me, they would always say that about their husbands and boyfriends. He's not listening. He won't listen. He doesn't want to hear it. And sadly, we let our inferiority complex get the best of us because we're not comfortable with the woman we're with and we won't open up to them. Guys, why are you with women you can't trust? If you can't open up to your woman emotionally, you don't need to be with her in the first place. Having a stiff lip, persona of being macho man, you gotta know when to turn that shit off. Use that around the other guys. You're around your woman, you can let your hair down and kick your feet up. You know, it's funny you hear about all these mass shootings and things, and these guys sometimes are married, have a girlfriend. Most of them don't, though. And then you'll hear about the wife didn't know anything about it. She didn't know he was feeling this way. It's probably because he didn't feel comfortable enough with you to be himself. And so in that sense, he just kept to himself, especially if she's one of those women that are overly, overly critical and nagging. Because, ladies, you can get away with any kind of thing when it comes down to criticizing a man in public. You need to cut your nose here. They could say something like that in Walmart. And other women, everybody would laugh. But if the man would say something like, you know, you need to get a better razor for your armpit hair. It would be embarrassing and everybody would jump on it. These are social norms we have established. Now, a few things, fellas, that you have to understand about some older women. Some will go out just to lure you into a relationship with them. Cocktail dress, the miniskirt, the high heels, whatever. And then after they start getting comfortable with you, that's when they 
start becoming themselves. And that usually takes shortly afterwards. After she's got that commitment from you, that's when she's going to start pulling back. She's not dyeing her hair anymore. You're starting to see the gray strands. She's not shaving down there anymore. And she's going to let you know, hey, you know what? This is me. She's going to start wearing the flats. She may put on some bloomers every once in a while. But here's what you have to realize. There's a group of older women that are fighting this. And when I say older, 45 and up. Because they don't want to be that old person. They don't want to be irrelevant. They're fighting age like a child fighting sleep. Because they don't want to be irrelevant. They don't want to be left behind. They don't want to be a person that doesn't get any attention anymore. As men, we're expected not to get attention. What do they call, call us as soon as we get a gray strand? Oh, old ass need to go sit down somewhere. That's what they say to us. They crack jokes about, yeah, you old, your dick probably don't get hard. They do these things because it's socially acceptable. Man tells a woman a pussy's dry, he's got a problem. And by the way, folks, let me tell you something just to give a word to the wise. I don't know what it is. Maybe my experience has been the majority of women I've been with, I will say over 98.9% of them, lubrication was not a problem on their part. No matter what the age range was, that was never a problem. And I'm sure there's some women that experience dryness. But from what I've experienced, nope. If anything, you got to worry about sliding in. Now, other things. Some of you ladies are sought after if you don't want to have children or cannot have children. There is a large market of men for you that you don't realize. And some of you get passed over incidentally because not too many women will say they can't or won't have children. Some women, like the one lady, put in her hinge profile that she had a full hysterectomy. Now, what she was actually doing was saying, I want men to know I don't want to have any more children, cannot have any more children. Guys like that. For one reason, they don't have to worry about getting you pregnant. Which is a big deal for some men. Or a woman may say she has uh, endometriosis or some other condition and she can't conceive for whatever reason. There is a market for that particular situation. And a lot of women look at that as a, a way of uh, being eliminated from consideration. But I want you to think about it, ladies. Would you want to be with a guy that wants to have kids and you've had your kids and you're kind of done with that or you don't want kids or don't like them? You'd be doing yourself a disservice to get with someone like that. How far would that relationship really go? Even though you like him and he likes you. You got to look at the practicality of it. But a lot of us don't. We try to ignore it and say we'll work around it and deal with it later on down the road, like you're kicking a can down the road. Until there's nowhere else to kick the can because you don't have any more rope. 
Now, other things you will need to consider. You may be dating someone with a disability. And of course, with that, you're going to have peers and people that are going to be really wanting to be with you. And see, this is another problem overall that you'll have to face. You know those people that you really didn't want to date anyway, and you're looking to date someone else? Well, those people, they become your critics. Why is she dating him? He's got a disability. Why is he dating her? She's in a wheelchair. Why is he dating this one? Because she's older. Why he's dating this? Because she's this. She's fat. Why is she dating him? Because he's black, et cetera, et cetera. And go down the list. Because, see, they think they're eligible or entitled to you emotionally. But you're not interested in them. If you were, you would have already been dating them. And the sad thing about it, these people who know you may sing in the same chorus of those who don't, who just want the optics of, well, you know, you shouldn't be with this person. Based on their own standards and judgment. You know what's best for you. You know who's best for you. And if you love someone, they love you back. That's all that matters. You guys work out your own problems. It's none of their damn business. But a lot of people will say that, but they won't act on it. Ain't that strange? They won't act on it. Now, other differences. I'll tell you what, let's talk about it after the break. My client had had 50 affairs with 50 different women. No joke. I knew that because the other lawyer in my client's deposition asked him about each one of those, which he could do in the deposition. My client admitted to each one of them. And that lawyer went through each one meticulously. He had phone records. He had names. He had everything he needed. He had spent hours and hours gathering that information, charged his client probably $10,000 to get all that information. And by golly, he was going to use it. And he did. We get to trial. He starts the same thing, asking my client about all these different affairs. I jumped up and I said, your honor, I object. We're going to be here all day. My client's committed adultery. That's all they need is to prove one case of adultery, and that's grounds for divorce. Why sit here all day and listen to all the different affairs? The judge thought for a second. He said, you know, you're right. I'm going to sustain your objection and exclude all of these other affairs. We only need one. Other differences that come about are those when the person... Um, may have a confidence issue, insecurity, inferiority complex, addiction. There are actually people out there that look for people like that just to experiment with. Exploratory dating, once again. I wonder what it would be like to date an, date an alcoholic. I wonder what it would be like to date this kind of person, that kind of person. And folks, there are people out there who love doing this. Because they're empowered. Just like that one woman said that she wanted control in that uh, in that audio. When she talked about how the 21-year-old wanted control. 
that's because guess what she never had throughout the whole five well four previous three pregnancies and probably the fourth one she never asserted her feminine control because she didn't know how to when you see these women who are bitter in relationships or coming out of them it's because they never had control going in them because they didn't know how to use it ladies you control the pace on every aspect of the dating process we follow you if you were to make it unanimously ladies as a situation where you say I'm not dating anyone without a college degree universities would be full with men trying to get that degree so they could be with women if you told men something to the effect of well you know I want a man who is will listen to me these guys would hone their listening skills but of course we know this is utopia and when you come up with these demands a lot of women are going for the monetary aspect of it he's got to have so much money that kind of thing well that's easy to fake that's easy to get by that's a low hurdle because the thing is you're wearing your insecurity on your sleeve and when you do that there are guys out there and women as well that love people who are vulnerable like that I tell you about the guy that got out of prison what he did since he got out the state gave him $250 he took that $250 Went to Ross, bought him some clothes, some cologne, rented a hotel room for one night. Went to a nightclub, looked for the fattest, but somewhat attractive woman he could find that he thought had the lowest self-esteem. He keyed in on her. He told her he didn't have a place to stay, etc., etc., even though he carried her to the hotel room that night. That was the catalyst of change for him because... She said, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to let you spend up all your money. You can come in and move with me. Which he did. She took him on as a project then. Buying him clothes. Letting him use her car. Co-signing for a car later on. And the only thing he had to do was be loyal like a dog. He's just doing what a lot of women have done in the past and still do today. And he told me, he said, well, you know, I'm a felon, so I wasn't going to be able to go out there and get this spectacular job and, you know, get the choice of the, pick up the litter on women. He said, I had to go for what I could get. And he said, I knew I could get that. And that's what he got. So there are people out there that are like that. Now, was she his preference that he would really want? Of course not. He wanted a fine-ass woman. But he realized that he didn't have that choice. So he had to stick with what he could get. Even though he had the decision to go for a nicer woman, it would have taken him too long to find it. When I say nicer, I'm talking about physically what he wanted. Meanwhile, (laughs) He had a crisis on his hand because he had to figure out, well, where the hell am I going to stay? 
And so he went for the soft option. And the soft option, of course, was to get the most convenient that would serve his purpose. She was getting fulfillment because she was getting attention from a handsome man, as she called him, one time. I think all men are ugly, sorry. And so, therefore, by her doing that, hell, I even think I'm ugly. I looked in the mirror the other day and I called 911. I was like, look, there's this dude in the mirror. Never mind. But here's what I'm saying. Overall, it comes down to he knew that he could stand out with this woman. Just like some women who walk up to a man's doorstep. She may not have a dime or education or anything, but she may have a nice body and a cute face, and that's enough to get her admission into his life. Both men and women do this, and I know a lot of you say, man, that would never happen to me. You never know. Because many of you who say this have done foolish things for less for people that gave you less. That's how many of you learned your lessons to say what you're saying. It's just like the people who always talk about, oh, a scammer is not going to scam me. Like the one lady wrote me back in 2019. In 2021, that man had built her out of $9,000. But she wanted to rebuke everything that I said about some of the things you need to watch out for. She fell for everything that I told, like an idiot. Well, he never came over. I cashed after him the money for the airline ticket. Of course, he's not going to come over. (laughs) He lied to you in the beginning and told you he was in the States. Then you find out he was in Nigeria. And you still accepted his lie. And then he asked you to send him money. And you did. For all the little crises that he came up with. And then he asked you for the airline ticket. When they ask you for that, they get the money for that, they're done with you. They've used you as far as they needed to. And that's what they did with her. Not uncommon. So... As you see, with exploratory dating, there's a lot of exploitation that takes place. This is the reason why a lot of people don't like getting into these situations unless they're sure. You have some women that will only date black men or date people of a certain ethnicity, just like men do for certain women. There's reasoning behind that. Don't dispute it. It was their experience. Don't try to persuade them, oh, you need to date a black woman. You need to... No... You need to date wherever you want to date based on your preferences. Those preferences are there for a reason, because they've had experience with something that they may not have found pleasurable in a certain group. Because no matter how you try to persuade them, they're going to double down. They're not going to feel guilty and fall like a deck of cards because of your blame, shame, and guilt bullshit. And care less about that. And that's with anybody of any race, any ethnicity, any background, any differences whatsoever. If they genuinely love that person, they love them back, that's all that matters. Tell you about the friend, I believe, uh, when we went to the Philippines. 
and we went to this little village that was miniature because they had dwarfs there. And a friend went in there cracking jokes, talked about, yeah, man, you know, they look like little people and they're cool and everything. He fucked around and fell in love with the lady. And it was funny, she came up to his waist. She was very kind, very nice, sweet lady. And they went on and got married, had children. It happens. He got ridiculed by his family, they cracked jokes and that kind of thing. But people will do that, no matter even if you're in a regular conventional relationship. You could be a white male married to a white female. And you'll have those family members and friends that will say, oh, she looks like Phyllis Diller or something of that sort. As long as people can objectify you in a way to find humor, they will. That's all comedians do. Comedians laugh to keep from crying. By making other people laugh, what they're doing is they're actually letting other people laugh at their misery. You know, you hear about these uh, comedians talk about how they got whipped with extension cords and all those things for a laugh. But they know that shit was inhumane. But this is their therapy. And we have to come to that realization. Now, what do I want you to take away from this episode? One, exploratory dating is usually experimental dating. Two, there's a high likelihood that the person who's with you in this dating arrangement is only with you out of curiosity, more so than love. Three, Lower your expectations for any longevity in this type of relationship unless you two sit there and actually work on a plan for your future. If this person doesn't see a plan, if they're bringing up the safeguards as the reason why you guys are not going to be together, or my family would never approve of our relationship, etc., etc., drop it. Don't put any expectations behind it. Treat it for what it is and leave it alone. The other thing, if you're going to endure in any kind of relationship, whether you're with someone that's disabled, someone that's overweight, someone that's short, someone that's ugly, someone that's tall, someone that's black, someone that's white, you name the combination. You got to have a strong backbone and stomach and stand up for that person as they'll stand up for you and tighten your bond together because it's going to be the two of you against the world for the most part. As in any relationship, but more so in these because you're social standouts as they see it. So therefore, you're going to have to depend more on each other's uh, integrity and loyalty. The other things you need to look at with exploratory relationships. You don't have to fight every battle. There'll be some situations where people will try to provoke you pay them no attention. Those are the people that you wouldn't want to be with anyway. I don't know why you're with her. You need to be with somebody of your own race. Well, damn sure not your ass. With that attitude you have. 
So don't let guilt, blame, and shame be motivators for you to make a decision. Don't accept uh, um, condescending views when it comes down to exploratory relationships. You're no one's slave. You're no one to be talked down to, no matter who you are. That person is not superior to you. They're supposed to be your equal, even if you're only having sex. If not, unless you're in some kind of arranged situation where they're submissive, you're dominant, or vice versa, and you guys signed up for that, don't acknowledge it. Don't deal with it. You don't have to. You could be humiliated by somebody on the street corner. I can send you one of my emails. You could be humiliated by one of the listeners that listen to the show. Not hard to do. The other thing about exploratory dating. They may start out with you as an experiment and then want to pursue a relationship. But you have to sit down and let them know what the consequences are. What they'll be dealing with socially. What they're going to be dealing with when it comes to biases. When it comes down to different things in regards to discrimination. Because there'll be people who will try to discriminate against the two of you. That person for associating with you. That other person for being what they are. The next thing that you'll have to concern yourselves with more so than anything is this. Avoiding insulting your partner based on stereotypes. do sometimes people will go and they will actually date someone just to see what it's like because they have certain views and they want a validity of those views and so they may date somebody from the ghetto and say see I knew they were all like that I just went on and got with them just to prove a point that's not a good thing relationships are not therapy if you need a therapist Find you a good one that's licensed and certified by the state and go there. People have lives they want to live. The last thing they want to do is waste time with people that are just wasting time for themselves. These are some things to help you. Best of luck to you on your dating experience and thank you for listening. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show.
Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.